This is episode number 66 with Noah Kagan. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Hey, hey, it's a beautiful day today, and thanks so much for tuning in, greats. I really appreciate you for listening, you for subscribing, for sharing these episodes. It means the world to me, and uh, we continue to grow. We just hit 1.5 million downloads last week, so congratulations to all of you for making that happen and for sharing all of these awesome interviews that I've got with some amazing guests. And speaking of amazing guests, I've got... A special friend of mine on today, his name is Noah Kagan, and he is the founder of AppSumo.com. For anyone who's ever heard of AppSumo.com, it's a pretty cool website that gives special deals and offers for softwares and trainings and things like that. And uh, he's a pretty brilliant guy. In this interview, we cover a lot of different things, some things he's never shared before on other interviews. And uh, he was he was one of the first 30 employees at Facebook, actually. So he's got a very interesting story about how he got hired on to Facebook and then how he got fired to Facebook and basically how he lost $100 million in the process uh, because of this. We actually dive into a lot of interesting topics today. We cover a lot of things about his experiences for these, uh, these major obstacles he's faced. He's a very introspective guy and uh, very wise beyond his years. He likes to ask, ask a lot of questions when you meet him in person. He's constantly asking questions and just listening really well, and he cares deeply about people. Uh, for as nerdy as a guy that he, he seems to be, uh, on the outside, but, uh, a super amazing guy, lots of fun. Uh, and I think you're going to really enjoy this episode, but just so you guys know a little bit more about, uh, Noah, he, uh, on his site, okdork.com, he talks about how he started, a two multi-million dollar businesses and grew close to a million person email list. And that's what he's really well known for is, how to generate lots of leads and build a multi-million dollar businesses. So really interesting, smart guy, funny. I think you're going to like this episode. So let's go ahead and dive in with the one and only Noah Kagan. Nothing beats attending a live event. SeatGeek's site is easy to navigate, so you're able to select the best seats to see your favorite artists with confidence. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app on the Apple App Store. There are more than 70,000 events on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. Plus, your tickets are backed by a buyer guarantee. Download the SeatGeek app and use code GREATNESS20 to get $20 off your first purchase. Offer applies to new customers only. Purchase must be over $50. The promo code is single use and valid through September 30th, 2024. Get tickets on SeatGeek now. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. 
That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business manager management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com greatness. That's netsuite.com greatness. N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash G-R-E-A-T-N-E. ESS. everyone for tuning into the school of greatness and i've got a special friend on today his name is mr noah kagan what's up noah what up dog uh just some coffee (laughs) now the last time we hung out i believe we hung out in new york city was the last time but the first time we met was a pretty special and fun occasion i don't know if you remember this occasion um kind of i remember the new york one because it was like five in the morning we met at a cafe (laughs) it was a bar the west village i think yeah with a group of interesting entrepreneurs fun group but the first time we met oh i do remember this one yep we we met i believe at a taco joint and then you we rode on your scooter (laughs) in austin i don't even remember that and i took a video of us i should find this video and post i remember that photo yeah, and you're a big dude. You're not a little guy. It was like it was so f- interesting because Noah's like five. What are you about five seven, five eight, five nine? Oh come on, we're like five ten. <laughs> a little credit. I Anyone under six, six feet is a lot a shorter to me. Uh, but we meet up in in Austin, and I don't even know how we originally got connected, but uh, maybe we met before then at Summit Series or something. I can't even remember, but we met. There is one of our first meetings, and we had a good conversation. And then we just like rode around Austin on your scooter, and I thought I was going to die in the back seat. But um, it was definitely a fun first bromance of uh, the last few years. And uh, since then, you've created some incredible things, and uh, I want to get into that. But I want to talk about your journey because you started out after college, going into the corporate world for a minute, and you 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 pretty much hated it, right? Yeah, man, I. Um you know, I had an, I had two options. Um, you know, the, the real story, I don't actually think I've ever shared this on, on recorded is I had a job offer from Google. Um, and everyone, I went to Berkeley and everyone from Berkeley was, you know, doing the traditional route, you know, kind of being a sheep as my brother likes to call him. And, uh, you know, he was consulting, accounting, auditing, you know, working at, you know, General Electric or GM. And, uh, you know, I just never knew that I knew that wasn't kind of the path I was going to take, but I didn't know how the hell to get to that, you know, running my own business or being involved in technology kind of play because everybody else was doing the, the more traditional route. Mm. Uh, so what ended up happening though is I got a job offer from Google and that was like pre-IPO 2003. Wow. And, uh, and so I honestly, man, I was just like, oh my God, I fucking made it. I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to be at the coolest company. I'm going to have free lunches all day. I'm going to be a fatty. <laughs> and um, 
you know, like uh, a week before it's, I was supposed to go there, not a week before, maybe like a month before I was supposed to start, uh, they took back the job offer. Wow. How do they take something back? Uh, I don't know. It was a verbal thing. We're like, hey, you got the job. We're going to send you the letter. Everything's good. Wow. And then a week or two later, it was like, actually, yeah, you're not going to be a good fit for this. And I, you know, wasn't really, and I was like, what, what happened there? I thought everything, you know, I do well in the interviews. It was for their associate product marketing manager, which I have no idea what you even do for that role. Mm. Um, but I had that anyway. So like with that job offer taken back, you know, it's kind of these things where, um, sometimes I think when we get challenged, it's like, all right, that's a good experience. So it's like, all right, well, what can I learn from this? How do I control my own destiny? Uh, and I ended up working at Intel because I had a job offer from Intel and, uh, Google, uh, Intel and, uh, Wells Fargo. So I'm kind of like back at my mom's house working at, uh, at Intel, just living the, the Dilbert lifestyle. Were you in San Jose or where were you at this time? Yeah, I was in their main headquarters in Santa Clara. And okay. you know, anyone who, you know, I think you, that hires you and gives you money and helps pay for your living, like you do appreciate them. Uh, but I just knew, you know, it's like once you kind of experience that and sometimes we have to experience things to really understand like, holy shit, this really sucks. Like mm. I always, uh, when I was interviewing at Intel, uh, there's this guy, Terry, he asked me, he's like, hey man, so um, where do you see yourself in five years? And you know, my answer was, I said, well, not at Intel. And, and he wow. just, he busts up laughing because he's like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> you know, and it was kind of a, it was kind of like, oh shit. All right. Yeah, this is a, well, I like you, but it's interesting that this is the kind of culture of people um, mm. that were at the company. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up just kind of sweating away and sleeping in my cubicle for the next about a year and a half. So where did you see yourself in five years? I don't actually look that far ahead. I know some yeah. people have, there's like my friend Andrew Chen, if, and if your readers don't listen, check out his blog, it's andrewchen.co. It's really great stuff on viral marketing. He is like five, 10 years out there. Wow. And I think what, where I've done well is I look like six months to 12 months ahead. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, and so I, I kind of, you know, I was doing Intel and, and, and one tip um, that I would always give people and I always encourage people is that as you are doing, if you're, someone else is paying your bills, that's, it's nice. There's some really great benefits. You don't have to worry about the business as much. Mm. Uh, but take advantage of that. So if you, you know, have them pay, basically be your investors for anything you want to start. Like a friend of mine is interested in starting a, a co-cooking class. Uh, I was like, well, why don't you have your company? You know, they're paying your, your day job. So at night you can start teaching cooking classes. Right, exactly. And then eventually open up a studio or anything like that. Um, and kind of see if you like it, you know, do it for six months, see if there's potential, see if you can make some money. And if not, then maybe you do something else or you stick with the job. Exactly. I mean, so I'm not a risk taker, right? I'm not someone who's going to jump off and hopefully that thing will work out. What I encourage people to though, let's say you want to start like a website, a consulting, a restaurant, anything like that, do it at, you know, let's say a restaurant, for example, have people over for dinners. That's what we did last year for a friend of mine who was starting a restaurant. We would do these pop-up dinners at different people's houses and sell tickets through Eventbrite. Mm. And through that, we were like, oh shit, people want this kind of restaurant. And so now she's actually opening a taco store in San Antonio. And you can do that with, you know, do that while other people are paying for it. And, right. you know, what I encourage people to do is how do you not spend a lot of money and time? And we'll, we'll get into the whole starting business thing. But at Intel, I, you know, in six to 12 months, coming back to the original point, um, I just basically was like, well, shit, I'm going to start my own business. Once my um, medical insurance is, uh, once I get my money for my medical insurance because they pay you every year, I was like, well, I'm going to quit, get eye surgery, um, LASIK. <laughs> Get LASIK and then I'll go start my own business. I didn't really have as much of a plan. I just knew it was my own thing. The other thing that I was doing, man, and, I, and this is, I'm going re, to be repetitive, but at Intel, I kept starting my own businesses at night. So at night, and, and I think, I don't know if it's an age thing where I was a lot hungrier when I was younger. Yeah. Um, 
or I just really wanted to have, you know, I think I, I knew more of like, I just want to be working. And I think there's something there when you know what you want. And I knew I didn't want to be working at Intel. I knew that. Mm. Um, and I think it's a lot easier when you know what you want to get it. So when did you decide that you were quitting? Um, so in October 2005, I was like, all right, by the end of this year, it's over. And I'm going to start, you know, I'm, if my businesses are going forward, good. If not, then um, I'm just going to quit anyways. And so, yeah, at that point, I basically was like, all right, I made that mental decision that that was going to happen. And one thing I'll do, I've actually never shared this, but this is something I did. I don't know where the hell I got it from, but it's one of the things that's actually been insanely helpful for the past 10 years. I took a piece of paper and I wrote 30, 60, 90, uh, one year, three year, 10 year. And I just listed five things in each, each time period. So 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, one year, five year, 10 year that I wanted. Wow. And I, I like I, that. I, yeah, I've never shared that. And it worked out really well. I'll tell you, like one of the things, not all, I haven't gotten all of it, but at least I knew what that kind of future looked like. So I said in 10 years, I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a house. I want to have a wife and kids. Um, I think I wanted, I think that was definitely like the big things I wanted. Did I, you know, and I did become a millionaire. I'm not married. I don't have the, the kids yet. I do finally want to. That you know of. Yeah, oh, God, don't, don't say that, don't say that uh, recorded. Make, make sure you edit that part out. No, I mean, if I had kids, uh, I'm looking forward to that one day, just finding the right person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, so it was basically, and, and that really helped me get a picture of, it's not necessarily something I, actually, I did look at it every day. I taped it to my mirror. So as I walked by my mirror every morning, I was like, mm. oh, those are things I keep wanting, keep seeing. I think women do this really well. They, make, they call them vision boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting you say this because, I haven't told too many people about this either, but when I was in, in high school and college, I would put up my goals that I would want to achieve for that year and frame it on a little note card with the date that I was going to achieve it by, kind of like as a certificate of achievement that I'd already achieved it, and I was just waiting for the date to happen. And almost every time on or around that date, I would get what I wanted. And it was always like big goals that I didn't think I could achieve at that time, like six or 12 months before, but it would always come around and either happen or really close to it. So Dude, I mean, something uh, in that. Dude, totally. So I would say, you know, I do that on a weekly basis. And, and I think sometimes it's, it's too micro at that point. So you have to really step <laughs> right, back. Right. And we have, you know, we have this product, sumome.com, which is a, it's a free tool for marketing for any website to, for people to, to grow their website. And we have this big goal of a billion people this year to use it, uh, wow. to, to, to see it. Like, so let's say your site has 100,000 visitors. That's 100,000 people this for, to add to Sumo. So it's like, it's a lot of people that we're trying to reach. Right. Uh, and I think right now we're at about 16 or 17 million. That's pretty and good. You just launched it. We launched about two months ago. Right. Uh, but here's the challenge, man. It's like, uh, I'm like, we're at 16. So that's like 1% towards a billion. <laughs> right. And so, you know, one of the guys on the team was like, man, we're doing really shitty. Uh, and it's kind of discouraging because you're like, man, I want to get married. I want a million dollars. I want to quit my job. And it just seems so much further off. And so what we were doing, we actually talked about at lunch today as a team is, you know, I think two things you have to really do. You have to face it. So I know that days when we don't make a good profit, like on at AppSumo.com, like, when we, you know, our free newsletter, like when we are not making profit, I actually go and look at it. Or the days where I know I ate a lot of shitty food, Lewis, I'll go and stand on my scale. Mm. And or yesterday we I was it. a little yeah yesterday I was a little hungover. My buddy's like, you want ibuprofen? I was like, nope, <laughs> I don't want that ibuprofen. Like, I want to experience like what you know what is going on now, mm. and then what can I do about that? Mm. And I don't think enough people actually you know face things that are sucky, 
and then think, all right, well, what do we need to do? And so as a team today, we said, all right, well, one thing is we need to have a daily goal. Instead of this one billion thing, how do we break it down so on a daily, weekly basis, we can understand, are we actually on the right destination? Are we on the right path? And, you know, knowing that, it's like, all right, well, we're only about 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 people a day away from our goal. And it makes it much more attainable. It's like, all right, well, what do we need to do this week to get 50,000 more people a day? Mm. And so I think the takeaway for your listeners is like, all right, take a reasonable goal within a year that you really want to accomplish, break it into a day or a week or monthly target, and then give yourself limited time periods for making change. And what I mean by that is, let's say we're doing, you know, I think about 200,000 people a day on Sumo Me. Instead of saying, how do we get to a million people next month? It's like, all right, well, how do we double it in a week? Mm. And when you just, you use that kind of framework for certain decisions, it really helps you say, all right, well, shit, like, like, let's say for your downloads, you're like, well, I'm getting 30,000 downloads on my podcast this week. If I had to double it by next Friday, what would I do? Right. And I, you know, and what I would say most people will realize is that you'll remove a lot of things you would, you would be doing it. Right. And you'll focus on your ones. You're like, well, I actually think these are really going to be my biggest wins. Uh, And it just really helps you prioritize your decisions. Interesting. I like that. I feel like you've been doing a lot of work on yourself lately. Mm, It's been, you know, it's one of these things I think never ends. Mm. Uh, It just never ends. I think one thing I'm like wondering, I'm like, man, am I, is it as I'm getting older, I'm getting more wussy and I'm not as hungry. (laughs) Um, where younger, I think, and I think it's kind of like efficiency versus effectiveness, where I think when I was younger, I was just like working my ass off, just whatever it was, I would just like, like a bulldog, just go attack. And now I'm trying to be just a little more strategic and say, instead of just spending all the hours, like how do I spend less hours, but they're more productive and more effective. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, in 2012, it was a really self-reflective year where it was just, most of the year sucked. Um, the year sucked? The whole, most of the whole year sucked. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the best years money-wise for the business. Uh, for AppSumo, but it was just as a personal level. And so I, I spent the whole year and first quarter of 2013 uh, working on myself. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, and just, I can share some of the stuff I did, uh, if you think it'd be interesting. Yeah, what'd you do? Well, so, I, I mean, I, I just felt bad about myself, personally. I didn't really have, you know, certain relationships were, were good. My work, you know, as we talked about, I was up to 18 people at AppSumo. Um, you know, me and my partner, Chad, were running, you know, a, a good business that a lot of people you know, I get emails like, you're killing it. You're crushing it. Um, you guys look like you're doing so well on Alexa. <laughs> and, um, and I think what, what people have to really keep evaluating is, is taking a minute, either therapy or friend or writing, and really keep asking themselves in those three categories, which is yourself, your relationships, and your work, you know, what do you really want out of those three, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a triangle of your life. And with, my, with myself, I wasn't really healthy um, I kind of dressed like shit. Um, it wasn't, yeah, I wasn't exercising or eating well. And the relationships I was dating a girl was kind of toxic, uh, just kind of negative. I was always just like feeling insecure about myself because she was really hot. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, how, I'm not worthy of her. Like, I can't believe she'll have sex with me. Right. Um, <laughs> and then professionally, it was just, you know, we're running this big business, you know, 18 people doing, I think, a little over 5 million bucks and, you know, bootstrapped all that stuff. And I guess I kind of just like, I don't, really like the way the business is running. I don't like what AppSumo, we send out, you know, for the people who don't know, we send out free tools, like it's a free newsletter and we send out tools for entrepreneurs. So we get good prices on tools and, and content. Like we've actually promoted some of Lewis's products. Yep. And um, I saw one of the products we were promoting and I'm like, holy shit, that sucks. Mm. It was like just this horrible thing about how to start a mobile app. And uh, and I realized that like, wow, that that's basically saying that I'm crap. 
and even our, our friend Ramit, uh, Ramit was joking. We were, we were walking down the street in New York one day. And he's like, hey, Noah, you, uh, your business, he said it in passing, but it really stuck. He's like, your business reminds me of Ross, you know, Ross clothing store. Right. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, man. Like, besides being, what are they, they're only good for like getting coffee makers and uh, random kitchen supplies. <laughs> and so, uh, so I kind of just started breaking down and there wasn't, you know, it's funny, there wasn't one epiphany of this is the magical thing that really changed it all for me. Mm. Um, it was just a series of different things to figure out, you know, what makes my life better. Mm. So some of the, the higher level things that I can tell you and, and actionable things is one of them was I did a thing with uh, my buddy Adam from mybodytutor.com. I did a thing called Gebby where every morning I would email my Gebby. And Gebby basically stands for gratitude, exercise, breakfast, and you. Where every morning I'd say, all right, well, what am I grateful for? Mm. And, and the whole point of all this is that we, we came up with these four because we realized like, all right, this is helping me understand what a good day will look like. And then how do I engineer that good day? So how do I create a day of like, these are the things that'll do to make today awesome. So gratitude was like, all right, well, what am I happy for this morning? And one of my favorite moments was like, I was happy for hot water. <laughs> just like, right. It's like such a stupid thing, man. But I was just like, man, this water feels really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm really grateful that they have water heaters. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where, put, yeah, even you, you're smiling. I put a little smile on my face. And, and, it, and honestly, I was, and here's the thing, like now I'm happier and I'm in a better place, position. But I was still like, and I would write this and I'd be like, Adam, this is stupid. But it was just like, I kept doing it and kept doing it. And a lot of times it's like, you just got to keep going forward, right? Like mm. make your patience and persistence your competitive advantage. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience. But there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever notice how your relationship with your wireless carrier can have the same yada yada as a bad romantic relationship? Like you're treated special at the beginning with exciting gifts and offers, but then ignored and overlooked later on. Or your partner gets a wandering eye, like how some wireless carriers start focusing their attention on newer customers. Well, if this sounds like your wireless carrier, it might be time to put an end to the yada yada. Now at Metro, existing customers get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex, more than just free, 5G phones when you join, get the same great deals as new customers on select devices like Samsung, Motorola, and Rebel when you stay 12 months and trade in a phone. It's the first of many initiatives Metro is making to ensure all of the customers feel valued. That's not a yada yada. Stop by your neighborhood Metro store, bring your number and ID, and sign up for an eligible Metro Flex plan. 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm a huge proponent of gratitude. I don't know if you've ever called me and left a message, but on my voicemail, I my request is you can't leave me a message until you say what you're grateful for for the day. And it just sets people up in a different mood and a different attitude, like moving forward in their day of a lot of chaos happening and all this noise when really it's good to be present and think about what we're most grateful for in that moment. And uh, there was a some research study online. I'm going to butcher the stats, but basically they did a, a test where they had <clears throat> people that they were coming into like some lab. They didn't know uh, what they were doing and they asked them to write a letter to the person that they love the most and tell them how grateful in this letter, write down all the things that they're grateful about them. And then after the end of them writing it, they had them call them on like film and read this letter to them. And they said that like the amount of happiness level that goes up when you express your gratitude for other people as well is like one of the highest forms of creating happiness, like the biggest level of happiness or something by expressing your gratitude towards people. So uh, there's definitely something in that. And, and it's cool to hear that you've been doing that you know, on a daily basis because I can see why it's been working for you. Well, yeah, it was that, um, you know, it's funny because gratitude sometimes seems like, and it's hard when things aren't, you're like, hey, I don't have the money. And it's, you know, a lot of it is like, I, I was actually just at a penthouse. Um, I was at this really rich guy's penthouse in Austin. And, you know, I know he did some stuff that I would actually, I would never do. And I think it's questionable to make that money. And it kind of really made me reflect on it. It's like, all right, you want all this money or you want all these things materially or whatever it is. What happens when you finally get there? Right? Like what happens when you have all the money to, you know, to live and travel and do all that stuff? Then it's what? Like, yeah. You're still going to probably be unhappy with yourself. And it's not something, I can't say I'm perfect or I can really tell people I'm a guru about it. I'm just telling you like I'm still exploring and trying to you know go through that where I want every day to be great regardless of the money and material things I have. So you know we did Gebby which was gratitude exercise so like what's one thing to get your blood pumping and mm. I, I know you work out a fair amount we were talking about this earlier yeah. and I've never felt worse I've never felt I never felt worse leaving a gym I've never felt worse <laughs> after a run I felt sucky right I'm like tired obviously right um but there's there's so many days, man. We're like, and and I think if people see you as an entrepreneur or myself, uh, running businesses and be like, man, every day must be awesome, and they just like swim in money and you know have sex with all these beautiful women. Uh, but I'll tell you, there's days where you know, like today, I told you earlier, it's just kind of a lower day. There's not many like fireworks going off, and yeah. maybe a little too too much of a weekend. But I'm actually gonna you know after this podcast, I'm gonna go hit the gym. So even for someone who's not a, you know a gym rat or doesn't do you know kickboxing or handball, it's like just go for a walk right. or do five push-ups. And I know a lot of people listening are like, oh, okay, fine. Well, keep the podcast on and stand up, sit down, do that five times. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wait. It's, uh, it's true. Yeah. Uh, and the other two things were breakfast because I, I love my breakfasts, man. It's like, I, I, get, I like look forward to sleep sometimes just so I can eat breakfast. <laughs> I just think it's super exciting because there's so many, and I, I just almost get like, you know, one of my favorite books of all time is Paradox of Choice. 
Yeah. And there's only too many options for my breakfasts, man. Mm. Um, and I, and I eat, I basically have like five or 10 things. I just look forward to them so much. Wow. And, uh, and then you, so this is something that, that, uh, I think anyone can do, which is like, all right, what is one thing that I'm going to do for myself today? Right. So and it, it could be anything, right? It's like, I want to watch a movie. I want to read a book. I want to do drugs. I want not that we want to encourage drugs. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to go, you know, call one friend, right? Whatever that is. Right. So like today, what is mine today? I think I'm going out. Uh, I'm going to go to the gym. Oh, I bake. <laughs> I'm baking some food that I was really excited to bake. Like I wanted to bake these sweet potato chips with cinnamon. So I cut them up and I put them in the oven. And when I'm at the gym, the oven's going to turn on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It makes me excited to come home. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you're talking about all these things because a lot of uh, my friends that I've you know been hanging out with a lot lately, they have been uh, doing everything for everyone else. And it's almost like, what are you doing for yourself? What, you know, some people, I'm like, when's the last time you had a massage? They're like, I can't even tell you, maybe a year ago. And, and they're like so worn out. They're so beat up, so emotionally, uh, they lost all their energy. And I'm like, go do something for yourself. And I think with that little system you have, I think it's a great little system, just doing even one thing for yourself for 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, even just meditating for 20 minutes is something you can do for yourself to really get grounded and just show yourself how much you love yourself and how grateful for you are for what you've been up to. And I think that's great. You're doing that. Yeah. I mean, one thing that, you know, I would even encourage people to do is like, how can you make it automatic? Mm. Right. And so what I, well, the way I do that is I put in once a week, a massage. It's that's funny you say massage. So, and not every week do I do go do it. I'm not going to fake it. Like not every week it happens, but almost every other week I'm going and getting a massage and I have it in my calendar and repeat so that it just makes it easier in my brain. I'm like, Oh cool. I have something to look forward to. Yeah. Like, oh, this Saturday, I get massage. Or every Friday morning, me and my good buddy Anton from AppSumo, we bike and we go get breakfast tacos. Mm. Like, and it's just like our Friday routine that I know I'm going to look forward to. I'm knowing to have fun. So it's like during your weeks and your day, like how do you create these activities that you know you're going to be happy? Like this week, actually, this is the first time we've, I've talked about it um, for on a podcast. It's like we're doing it at AppSumo. Like last week, I'm working inside at AppSumo, man. And I, honestly, it was a Monday. It was 75 degrees out in Austin. And I wanted to be, play, be playing disc golf. Oh, I love disc golf. Dude, I, it's fun. It's fun. Or so me, fun. Yeah, like I want to go scootering to disc golf. And I was actually thinking <laughs> to my house, like, man, I got to do more scooter meetings. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to go disc golf. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking inside, sitting on this laptop, banging away. And the whole point of me creating my business was so I could have the lifestyle I wanted. And I wanted that balance where I can work when I want to work and I can you know, play when I want to play uh, at my own times. And, it's not, you know, and, and it just made me a little depressed. And so I talked with the team and I said, hey, guys, Let's do reverse work this week. And I've, ne- I've never seen anyone else do this, and I'm kind of curious how it's going to work out for us. But basically, you work at night and play during the day. Mm. So we're trying that out for five days, and no one on the team is required to do it. But it's like, hey, guys, when it's really nice out right now, go the hell outside. Go yeah. enjoy the sun. Like you can, and I'm trying to, I didn't want to force them not to work. <laughs> I just said, please <laughs> don't be in the office if you can. Wow. Like we checked in today, but then every other day this week, I'm not going to go to the office if I can. Wow. And I'm going to go outside, disc golf. I'm going to probably do a little rock climbing. We're doing a rock climbing meetup Wednesday where we're bringing Wi-Fi to the rock climbing gym and work out. We're going to work out and then rock climb um, and then do a little work. That's and so amazing. just, you know, figuring out, all right, well, what's the right environment that I'll be productive and really enjoying my life? Right. So that's kind of one of the little things that we're, we're setting up for this week. And I, I guess ultimately when, as you're talking about gratitude, Lewis, and as you're interviewing all these people about greatness and there's no right, like, this is the way of life, mm. right? Noah Kagan has his schedule this way. I need to copy it. Or whoever else you're interviewing, as well as yourself. 
but it's testing things. Yeah. Like I tried meditation out for 41 days. And after 41 days, I was like, oh man, I don't, I used to, I was like, I didn't want to get out of bed because I had to do this meditation. <laughs> right. And I'm like, the whole point of the meditation is to make the day better. Yeah. Right. And if I keep doing it and you know, I didn't just do it for a day and give up. I tried it and I committed to at least 30 days and, and beyond. And then after that point, I was just like, it's not serving me. Yeah. And so I just encourage people to, you know, if try out something new for a little bit, see how it serves you if it's better or worse and then, you know, continue it or remove it. Yeah. I like that. I just started, uh, doing this meditation a week ago. I've been doing it every day for the last seven days now. And it's for me, I have a, it's only 12 minutes long. And so I listen to it right when I wake up and then right when I'm going to bed, it actually puts me to sleep. And for me, I feel like it just gives me calm and peace. And it's one that I did almost 10 years ago, or I guess 12, 12 years ago now when I was in college. And I remember I had like the best three months of my college, you know, career or whatever in sports and school and everything when I was using listening to this and I was like, why haven't I done this since? So it's been fun for me to pick it back up, but yeah, definitely, you know, test whatever works for you. Um, you know, what's funny, man. Oh, pardon me. Go ahead. No, dude, it's so interesting. Cause so we have, we, we have this course monthly one K.com. Uh, and, it, and it's really interesting that what you just said, you're like, Hey, back in college, this used to work for me. And we've been able to, I've been working with people over the past year. And what's really fascinating to me, man, is that People do habits and things that got them successful, and then they stop doing those. Yeah. And then they wonder, and that, that, actually my buddy Adam from My Body Tour I was talking about earlier, he's the one who kind of reminds me of that. He's like, dude, you've been working out and doing these things to get to this point. That's what got you to the point. You kind of have to go back to, you know, a lot of people start businesses doing, you know, we always used to do these meetups, and that's how we got our customers. And then you ask them, they're like, yeah, business is slow. I'm like, well, have you done any meetups lately? Uh, oh, no, we haven't. And so I, I, and this is when I think about for myself, you know, if you're trying to start a business for any of your listeners or when I start my businesses, it's that, all right, what have I done in the past that people have responded to and I really enjoyed? Right. Right. Because a lot of, a lot of people, oh, I don't have any ideas, but it's like in that and, you know, doing meditation, whatever it is, look back on things that people have responded well to or just have made you happy in the past and figure out, all right, how can I recreate those moments now? Sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting. We, we talked about this a little bit before where, especially in my you know, circles that I'm in with entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, they, some of them, they generate all this you know, wealth and success from being good at one thing and then they start to veer off and do all these other things. And we kind of talked about this with you know, AppSubo and, and stuff like that, but you know, it's like stick with what works sometimes and not, you know, not try to complicate things and try a little bit of everything afterwards, but really stick with what works. And, uh, I'm going back to like the basics with a lot of stuff in my business and just going to what I know works and outsourcing everything else. What, what did you change something that you had to go back to now? Um, I mean, you know, I used to sell this thousand dollar course that just like people loved and it was just selling like crazy and we're getting a lot of value. People were getting a lot of value from it. They were getting huge results. And then I was just like, Oh, let's try selling these other courses and this thing and this thing. And just wanted to do it all because I thought that's what the next step was supposed to be or something. And uh, it worked, but it, it definitely stressed me out and I kind of got burnt out. And so now I'm just kind of going back to the basics and just How uh, did you how did you recognize you wanted to go back to the basics? Like what happened or what what was that like catalyst uh, or that? I think for me I realized like things weren't serving me. It wasn't working for me. And I really took an evaluation in my in my life and what I wanted as well. 
Uh, and I constantly, I constantly check in with myself, like when I'm feeling, if I'm feeling up or down or whatever, so I'm constantly checking in and, and then I evaluate what is it that's not working for me or what's not serving me. Is it a relationship? Is it a, something that I haven't cleared in a relationship that I need to clear with someone? Or is it, uh, you know, my business that I'm working too much or less or is my body. So I'm just constantly checking in and evaluating what's, what's working, what's not working. And, um, and just kind of making a decision from there. You know, it's really interesting, Lou. So do you, that's actually, I think I'm actually kind of curious for myself. Do you do this on a monthly basis or is that something you would encourage people to be like, yo, every month, like at it. So on the first of every month in my calendar, I have a thing that says, do your personal finances. Mm. And because it's on the first of every month, when I get that notification, I'm like, all right. And I open my Google spreadsheet and I update my finances. Do you have anything like that where you remind yourself? Yeah. I mean, just my team. I don't, I'm not as, you're like the most data organized analytical guy. It seems like there is. Um, so I, I don't, that's not how it works, works for me, but I, I, it's more like a based on a feeling, like how am I feeling at every moment? And then I'll just check in. I'm usually having a conversation with someone and I'm just like, Oh, this is like been kind of bugging me out or stressing me. And then that's when I started talking about something that's not working for me to other people. Then I'm just like, wait a minute, why am I doing it still? Why don't I shift out of it? Even if it's making me a lot of money, like I'll still shift out of it and be like, okay, that's not worth it for me. If it's going to like bring me down. Dude, I feel that. One thing I'm, I'm curious your take on as well is that a lot of the people, we had a meetup for our customers on Friday, and one thing that kind of shocked me is that there are a lot of people that are, you know, you're, you're from the Midwest, right? Yep. You grew up in Ohio. In Ohio. So there's people in Ohio and Kansas, Missouri, states I probably can't even spell the full name. And um, what I wonder, though, is like, how do you surround yourself with people? Because you said you check in with your team. Yep. And like, I check in like with, and, and this is one of the things that helped me feel better from last year is that I removed a lot of people. Yeah. And then I added people. I'm like, man, I always feel good when I hang out with you. You always make me feel good about myself, mm. always. And so I'm wondering is that, um, you know, how do people go about that? And how did you go about surrounding yourself with, you know, people and, and teammates that, that did that? Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, again, constantly evaluating, like, the relationships that are working for you and that aren't working for you. And that means people that you hire, people that are in your in your life. It could be family members. It could be friends. I'm in a lot of different masterminds, and I have different coaches that I hire or mentors that work with me. And I'm constantly, you know, just surrounding myself with people that inspire me. You're one of them. And whenever we get a chance to talk, it's always inspiring for me. Um, but sometimes there's like friends I've had for a, a while that it just feels like every time I hang out with them, they wear me down. And so I really get to evaluate those. And if people aren't, you know, shifting and I think uplifting you, if they're taking energy from you, then you don't want to, I don't know. It's not something, to, it's not healthy for you. So either, have, no. so either have a conversation with that person and say, listen, I really love our friendship and I want it to continue to grow. But right now you've just been so negative and you haven't been able to get out of it over a year. It's time to shift. Um, otherwise, I want to spend less time with you because I just feel like you're bringing me down every time we hang out. So I think it's just, again, evaluating how I'm feeling after each interaction. And um, it's more like an intuitive thing. It's not like I sit there and like, how do I feel after I just talked to this person? <laughs> So, <laughs> dude, maybe that's a, a new business for someone. It's like note cards, like my emotions after meeting you. Or like maybe you give them out, like, hey, did you like me? Here's a card. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, you know, it's funny, like even talking to you now, like I was kind of mopey most of the day. Like I've been kind of just bleh. And just talking to you now about like things that you're working on, I'm interested in and thinking about is just like making me feel better. Mm. Um, and you like a few things that I, I can share uh, with your listeners. Because like I think if you're in Ohio or you're in these places, it is harder to meet people that are, you know, hustling and not just like yeah. doing the same old jobs and kind of complaining about all this, all this stuff. Um, so what I've done for myself 
Uh, here's just a few things that have really helped me. Like when I first came in, so this is what I encourage, I'll encourage uh, your people to do. Become a hub for people that you want to meet. Right? And so what that means is when I came to Austin, I created a Facebook group called Austin Startups. Mm. I went to the cheapest bar in town and I found out that their happy hour was a buck of beer. And I told everyone I knew to invite everyone they know and I'll pay for all the drinks for the next two hours and to invite everyone. Wow. And uh, I think about 100 people ended up coming out. I invited them all to the Austin Startups Facebook group. And uh, that's actually how, you know, three, four years later, it's like 3,000 or 4,000 people now. It's like the hub of Austin. Wow. And so as you begin, and you can start on a smaller basis. Um, or as well, like if you want to do, so become a hub with either events. You can become a hub with interviewing people. So if you're in a local place, go meet the owners of restaurants you love eating at. My favorite place in Austin is Taco Deli. I've, I'm a kind of annoying, but I email the, and text the owner. I'm like, yo, can I take you out for lunch? Hey, here, I'm gonna, can I buy lunch from your place for an event I'm doing? Right. Um, or interview them. So like either set up meetings with them to bring them together with other people they'll want to meet or interview them for like, because of course those people want to get the word out about themselves. Um, three other ways that I would, that I've used is referrals. So like good people generally don't hang out with shitty people. <laughs> right. So if you have any of your friends that are really good or people that are doing businesses that are good and you like, ask them, man, like, who do you go to for advice? And I did that with my buddy Lloyd from own local. And, uh, he put me in touch with the guy who started 1-800-CONTACTS. Uh, he put me in touch with a guy who sold a like design agency. Uh, and so it's like good people generally know other good people and that's a good way to, to find others. And you know what I like about you, Noah, is that that's, I think everyone listening can, can get something from is that you're extremely successful. You, we haven't even gotten to that you worked at, you were one of the first 30 employees at Facebook and there's a whole interesting story there and you've had this amazing success with AppSumo.com and you know, millions and millions and every, you know everyone, et cetera, et cetera. The thing that I think a lot of people can learn from you is that no matter how successful you are and how much you know, you ask a lot of questions from everyone you meet and you're, you're constantly open to, to learning from people. It doesn't matter if they, you know, are looking for a job, if they're a, a wannabe entrepreneur, if they're a billionaire, if they don't have any money, I feel like you're so open to learning and not necessarily like, okay, I'm going to listen to, I'm going to do everything that this person says, like every answer they give me, uh, is, is truth, but that you're just like receptive to like hearing what everyone has to say. And I think that's a great quality that you have. Thanks, man. And I don't know if that's something that you naturally do or that you, you do naturally or that you are intentionally like, I'm going to ask a lot of questions, but I, rec <laughs> I, 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 I recognize it because it's something you did with, you know, you always do with me. I know, uh, a friend that I introduced you to was like, man, he asks a lot of great questions. And I was like, yeah, he does. And uh, I know you do that with everyone. Whenever we're out, you're always asking everyone else questions and learning and listening. And why, why, is he, why do you do that? Um, you know, it's funny. It's something that like the past year, a lot more people have said that to me. And it's something I've really noticed. Um, I guess a few different things. So one, my mom is a Jewish mother. And basically, like my life has been an interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> and she's an amazing mother, but I, I, you know, it's funny when someone said this to me a little bit ago, not too long ago, and they're like, yeah, you ask a lot of questions. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? And, uh, and I realized it's because like when I came home after school, my mom was great. She's like, what'd you do at school? What'd you do in that test? She, and like, she would write things down. Like you had a test three weeks ago. How'd that go? I was like, man, <laughs> right, if I call her now, like she would ask probably a good three to four hours of questions. Wow. And, uh, but th so that's number one. Number two is that like, and, you know, it was actually funny. We talked about feedback with friends. And I'll, I can mention a quick story about that afterwards. But 
uh, you learn, it's just like, I already know my own stories, right? I already know all the things I've already done. It's not something like something new comes out of me telling it, uh, but I don't know anything about yours, right? And so I, I guess in general, I try to stay humble and not too arrogant because you don't know where you're going to learn things from, mm -hmm. right? As much as sometimes I, I, do, I, am, I do get arrogant, I do get cocky, and I try to get humbled at times, like not intentionally, but it does happen. <laughs> and when it happens, it's like, oh, what can I learn from that? And so you're going to grow so much, and it's so much more, for, frankly, to me, interesting hearing other people's stories. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the books I'll, I'll recommend to you is like, I mean, obviously a lot of people know Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends. Um, actually, I used that book this weekend, not used it, but I, one of the things I learned from it was like, don't correct people if they say something wrong, if it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. And so this guy spelled something wrong. And it's like, I was, I, most people would be like, oh, you're stupid. That's wrong. And I was like, you're not stupid. They're like, hey, here's how to spell it. But I was like, that doesn't matter. Mm. And so I actually told him that, hey, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty interesting point. Um, another good book, Never Eat Alone. I'm guessing yeah. you probably read that by Keith Ferrazzi. Yep. And uh, I met a guy who worked for Keith Ferrazzi. And he said this thing to me, and I was one of the, I think, and he said it while we were just like walking around New York. I guess walking around New York is like the, the new therapy. And uh, he just said, you know, like all feedback and hearing from others is good. It's always great. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift to get feedback. It's a gift to be, you know, to me, listening. Mm. Whether what you want to do with it then is up to your intelligence and what you want to do. Yeah. And that was like, that's really profound and that's kind of stuck with me. Um, so those kind of books have really brought me to like, I grow a lot more and I, I find myself more interested and engaged when, um, you know, other people are sharing their stories. Now you talked about, you know, humility and, and also how younger you were just like really hustling. Do you feel like you had something to prove when you were younger? Um, and kind of why you're hustling and do you feel like you don't have as much to prove now? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of people that might be quote unquote successful externally, um, you have to define what your success is internally. Mm. And I think, you know, I got fired from Facebook and I can share maybe some stories um, about that. And uh, yeah, I definitely put a big chip on my shoulder and it's still there where, you know, I'm really resentful. Um, I've gotten over it. I've gone to therapy. I went to like a life coach and I've worked on myself where, all right, well, how can I create the lifestyle that I really want right now? And, uh, and I think it's like, fuck, well, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how my lifestyle is, man. Like, I've been able to create the health I want. I have a business that I get to work with people I love, doing a service that I love to do. And, uh, and sometimes that, it actually becomes challenging because you're like, well, now you have everything you want. What do you do then? Exactly. And just to, just to take a step back, that sure. the, the whole Facebook thing, you would have made like $100 million or something, right, with the IPO based on had, your stock options? or Well, so for, yeah, I mean, it doesn't – I owned 0.1% of the company with the amount of shares when I got the job. right. So I think companies worth like 150 billion now. So 0.1 percent of that is 150 million. Right. So <laughs> I could see how you would need therapy on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get money to pay for therapy first, man. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's been hard, and you know, I'm actually putting together a book of um, my adventure through losing. It's not. I guess you could say losing, but 150 million dollars. It's basically. It's basically like you had you won. You had a lottery ticket for 150 million dollars in your hands. And then someone ripped it out of your hands and you couldn't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those kind of companies like Facebook and Google, those companies literally happen once every decade. Yeah. And so to be able to, to be a part of those was, it was an amazing experience to be a part of Facebook. Mm. Um, but it was also very painful to, you know, basically you, you found the love of your life. And then she's like, hey, you know what? Actually, you're not really good enough for me. I'm moving on. Oh, that is very painful. Yeah, even saying it to you now, like that I'm sounds like, horrible. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, the thing, 
and, and I don't really have like a positive like spin, but I, I think what you, you know, what I went through and I'll share maybe some of the stories, um, you know, like the first day I walk into the office, uh, you know, I meet Zuck and he's like, Hey, you know, that boss that hired you. Yeah. I just fired him today. <laughs> and he's like, don't ever try to sell my company. Uh, welcome to Facebook. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, uh, anything else I shouldn't do? <laughs> And, you know, and I got a laptop in a corner of a desk and, you know, I never worked in a formal, you know, I never, it wasn't formal, but I never worked in a startup. I never was formally trained on how to build websites. I just kind of always made stuff on the side. Right. And, um, it was interesting because I think at times when we're around smarter people, like at Facebook, I was around mostly Harvard and Stanford people, you know, and I'm a Berkeley kid, which I think, you know, it says like, all right, I, maybe I'm, um, I don't feel as good as them. And I felt a little challenged. I felt self-conscious all of the time where we'd be in meetings and, these guys are really, really smart. And it, it's one of these things in retrospect, though. It's like, man, I grew a lot, and I learned so much just being around them. At the time, it was, it was tough. Um, like, we'd be in a meeting, and I would suggest, like, oh, why don't the website do this? And then they would show me, like, five ways why that doesn't make sense for this button to be that color or for the button to be in that location. Wow. And that, that's really humbling. <laughs> yeah. uh, or, you know, I'd spend, I remember one of the stories was, it was a Chris Putnam. He's a, he was like a 19-year-old kid. He actually hacked Facebook. He was from Georgia, like college. I don't even know if he went to college, but he hacked Facebook with uh, so you could put colors on your back on your profile page. And uh, he ended up getting a job there at Facebook because he hacked it. So it was kind of an interesting way, a creative way of getting a job. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, Chris worked on a product for two weeks or three weeks, and finally, when you put anything on Facebook back then, you know, Zuck has to go and review it. And I really respect that. Whenever I meet founders or people starting businesses who are like, oh, I need a marketer to finally get people to hear about it. Or I need a product person to finally figure out what to build. I'm always like, that's pretty essential. Mm. Like if you don't know what you're really building and if you don't know how it really looks, like you probably shouldn't be doing it. And if you don't really know how you should, you're going to get one or two customers, like you probably need to focus on that first before doing anything else. Mm. And Zuck was really great about that in terms of you know, I know what I want this to look like. I'm in charge and anything that's going to happen with the core of it goes through me. And, you know, Chris finally launched a feature. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I forget which one exactly, three weeks. And Zuck comes up to the screen. We're all kind of like standing around. This is like the, it's like God looking at his first child. And uh, he looks at the screen and he's like, this is shit. And he takes his water, throws it at the screen. And it's like, redo it and walks away. It's like, you know, we're all young. We're all like 24, 25 year olds. And so it's kind of like a temper tantrum, man. Right. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it was definitely, it's one of these things where tough love is hard because at that moment, you know, Chris felt like shit. We're all like, holy fuck, that sucks. You know, you spent three weeks building something and you get told it's crap. Wow. But what it really does is raise the bar and it sets that level of expectations. Mm. Right. And you hear stories and cliches like, oh, well, if you leave early, everyone else will think it's okay to leave early. But when you actually set the example and you set, you know, one of my favorite books is um, The Score Will Take Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. And he does the same thing. Like in the locker room of the 49ers, he said, hey, your locker is always clean. I don't want to see any mess ever. And you take that attention to detail there. You're going to take that attention to detail on the field. Yeah. How you do anything is how you do everything. And, you know, it's one of those things you probably have to experience it to really understand it. And so him kind of being such a detail-oriented, like he had very specific things that he wanted and I think him having that uh, really set the bar for all of us to push even harder and really impress him and really raise our own level of work. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. yeah. It's because you, you made a little mistake that you thought, you know, was a, you didn't know it was going to be bad or you, you, wasn't it like you leaked something like a day early or something like that? There's a few things that happen, man. And so, yeah, I have a, if they go to okdork.com, it's my free yeah. website. It's where I talk about marketing. If they sign up for the newsletter, when the book comes out, uh, I'll email everyone. Um, and so some of these stories and more are going to be in there. But I, I haven't actually shared this, this part of the stuff. Uh, I've shared, yeah, I actually haven't shared uh, this part of the stuff. And it always is a little hard to talk about because it's embarrassing, man. It's like, mm. uh, it's like getting dumped. Right, and you have to tell your friends, like, "Oh my right. God, that girl dumped me." Right, and uh, it's a, yeah, you don't want to feel like a failure. Right. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so you see, I'm like rambling about. It. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> you're like going around. The, you're going around. All right, so I'll just tell you. So I got fired for a few different reasons. Number one, uh, I was at Coachella, and I was a little drunk or something like that, and we were launching a feature where professionals could finally join Facebook with their like dot with their corporate email address. And I wanted to get press for it. I wanted people to know that we launched it versus just kind of giving it out to our, our members or users and then hoping people found out. And so I was talking to TechCrunch. This is 2005 or six when no one was reading TechCrunch, right? And Facebook was still less than 10 million people. And I was like, hey, this is launching tomorrow. I'd really like for you to write about it when it goes live. And Michael Arrington put out that article that night and I found out about it. And so I emailed the E-team uh, the executive team and I said, and I took responsibility. I said, "Hey, I, I let him know about this for the you know, feature launching in the morning." And I distinctly remember like laying on the ground and like you know, like a snow angel. Yeah. And I was like, it wasn't. I wish it was a joke. It's not. But I remember like after I emailed the E team taking responsibility, I, I, I didn't, and I was like, I just felt so empty, and I you know my heart was kind of just like almost it was like slow mo, just looking at the stars. And actually, you know, ironically, went to Coachella with a bunch of Facebook people, like Dustin Moskovitz, who's now a multi-billionaire, and a bunch of other guys who are super rich. And uh, I just felt very empty. What did you feel empty about? I guess I was curious, like, what's next? I think with Facebook, I, I think I, they were outgrowing me, and I kind of knew it. Maybe I think that's one of the things in life where when you kind of know something's not right anymore, or mm. as you said about friends that didn't really serve you. And I, I kind of knew maybe that was the point that I needed to move forward with something. But it, it was maybe even ultimately like I made the wrong decision with what I did. Mm. But I don't even really regret sharing that information because it was like, hey, in the morning, I think you should do about this. And if no one's going to do it, like sometimes you get caught when you break the rules. Not everyone's speeding gets caught. Uh, and I thought that was something I was using my judgment to make a you know, good decision I thought was for the business. Um, so that was one thing, the reason I got fired. And I just remember, yeah, just even saying it makes me get a little chills. Um, two other things I haven't shared. One, uh, you know, we had this product. I think we were restructuring a bunch of code, or as they say, developers refactoring. If you ever want to sound cool to a developer, like, hey, are you guys refactoring anything? <laughs> and it basically, just means are you like reorganizing the code to be more efficient? <laughs> and uh, you know, Ezra Callahan, who now is building a hotel in Palm Springs. And oh, it was a quick side that I've never been back to Coachella ever since, and I never will go again. <laughs> I'm just I'm resentful because <laughs> uh, my friends are in Coachella this week. Uh, but Ezra now is building a hotel near Coachella. And so Ezra and I were both working on products and there's a big refactoring project. And what I realized is that he was very good at getting it organized and I wasn't. And, um, I remember I presented it and it was just kind of shitty and his was just like really clean. Mm. And I, and I think what I was recognizing was like at that part, you know, I couldn't grow to in the beginning, they just needed stuff done. And then, you know, it's kind of like efficiency versus effectiveness. I was very efficient, but when they wanted to be more effective, you know, Ezra was going to be better at doing that than someone else who's already been a project and product manager. Right. Uh, third was we we were launching that professional network. You know, Microsoft.com and Dell.com and any company, corporate company, 
And I think the way, you know, obviously, you know, obviously the way people think is representative of, you know, how they do things. And so they asked me to get a list of which companies should we launch with. And I just, I don't think I spent like 30 minutes or an hour really sitting down to think about it. I just started trying to figure it out really quickly because everything did work, you know, everything moved very quickly at that company. Uh, and I just was like, all right, well, I'll call Info USA. Let me search Google for a list of top 100 companies. And what I ended up doing was all that kind of bullshit and put together some crappy spreadsheet. And I gave it to Dustin. He was like, this is really bad. <laughs> and, uh, and so what, I ended up, what he ended up doing was just looking at the database to see which people have already registered corporate companies and just aggregating that. And um, that was a smarter way of doing it. Mm. And so what, what that taught me was, one, try to use data that you already have available. Right, so try to create a framework, for, and I've st- I still use it to this day. How do you create a simple framework for making decisions? So I just need to know what companies to use. So what's really the simplest way to prioritize that? And even in like this podcast, I didn't do a good job with this, Lewis, and I do apologize, but let's say I wanted to make this the most po- popular podcast you've ever done. Right? I would go, and, and I, I didn't do this, I'm not perfect, but I would go and dissect your top five podcasts, mm. listen to them, look at the comments, and try to understand what elements are there so that I can recreate that and do better. Sure. And so with this corporate email thing, it's like, all right, well, shit, we already have this data. Let's just aggregate it, prioritize that, and then just let those people in because we already have those companies available to us. Mm. Um, and, then, and then we had, you know, honestly, man, it's like, in retrospect, it's like, oh, of course I would have saved with the money. But we, had, we went from meetings of, like, I would walk over to Zuck's desk to, and like, hey, what do you think about this? He's like, all right, cool, go do it. To, I would have to go walk to Zuck's secretary, and I'm like, Zuck, I can see you, bro. But it's like, I've talked to Zuck's secretary who talks to him. To, we'd have meetings that were like 30 people, and there was, you know, extra, this older marketing woman. And I'm like, you are useless. Like, there's no point for you being in these decisions or helping us here. Like, you don't add to it. You need to leave because it, it slows down time for everyone with your stupid questions. Mm. And maybe that's what everyone was thinking of me, too. Who knows? Right. Um, <laughs> right. But the point being was, um, the company was growing to like that's how it was necessary where everyone needed to be informed and it just wasn't suitable to where I was at that time and obviously I've grown a lot in the past you know in, in 10 years uh, and you know you can justify rationalize in either way I think I've been able to create a life that I've been happy with I can't go back uh, and just keep going forward and, and you know as my as I told you earlier like I could live in that big penthouse but still be unhappy with who I am yeah let's say you did have that 150 million what would you be doing differently what would I be doing differently? <sighs> I don't know. I love living in Austin, Texas, so I don't think I would live anywhere else. I've traveled the world. Not, I'm not trying to be arrogant or show off. I just, I've done a fair amount of traveling. Um, I don't know. I'd probably be just be focusing on writing more on okdork.com. And I think with AppSumo, I'd let the people who want to be working on it work on it more, and I would be engaged a little less with that. Um, but not much, right? I get to work with guys I love. I get to exercise, I get to go travel and do activities I want. Maybe I'd have a bigger apartment, um, but I actually like the view I have. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't live in the penthouse, I just get a really great view of it. And uh, you know, with that penthouse, it's a big-ass space you're going to be all alone in. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, I'm pretty content with actually how most things are right now with my life. I don't think there's anything materially. And one thing I, you know, my mom was really good at, and I'd encourage any of your listeners to do, is that you feel really good when you lose weight, right? If you know, assuming you want to, but most of the time, anytime you lose weight, you feel better. You're like, oh, I'm looking good. Um, and so, a lot of times, what I do in my place is like, what items am I not using? And so, 
maybe about once a month, I'll throw away one thing or donate it to Goodwill. Mm. And so I've just found that makes me a lot happier and it declutifies my place and just makes me feel lighter. Right. And my mom used to do I forgot, she used to do that, make me do that once a month. No, it's cleaning time. I'm like, mom, all I got <laughs> is underwear and white t-shirts. <laughs> I, got, right. I got nothing left to give. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just a really good experience where like, you know, try to remove the things because those things ultimately can't be, be buried with you. All you have is the, the experiences mm. and the memories. That's true. Uh, and so really, where do you get those from? It's from doing unique things. Like we went out to a bar Saturday night, my friend, wore a bear costume. And, you know, that doesn't happen too often when you're with a bear at a bar. Uh, but, you know, no amount of money. I don't need that, you know, tons of amount of money to, to do that. And the other thing I'd say about, about having a lot of money, Lewis, is um, I do have some money. So I'm not, you know, I am fortunate. I don't have to worry about where my money comes in each month. Um, but I'll tell you from my, my own experience, like, yeah, I could afford more nicer things externally from what other people may think I should be buying. But I've actually found that I'm enjoying, I get to, when I do buy those kind of things, or I do go to Vegas for a night and spend like, we all spend like 5K a person, I enjoy that more than doing that every weekend mm. or doing that all the time. And maybe then my bar would just keep getting raised, like more and more and more and more. But I found that like living a life that I'm really happy with and then once in a while splurging just actually satisfies me and serves me at a higher purpose mm. or higher fulfillment than just doing that all the time. Mm. Yeah, because then it comes like, boring if you do it the same you know same thing over and over doesn't matter what level it's at it's like okay let's go to the next level yeah it's like you know think about it if you do let's say you you love ice cream and you every day you're eating that ice cream every day you're eating ice cream eventually you're like man ice cream i'm like ice cream. <laughs> exactly. right? and, and i try to do that with my own things like in smaller levels right like okay like today i really um i wanted to eat a rice cake with almond butter on it <laughs> <laughs> i really wanted to yeah i know i know i'm I, I eat boring, healthy food. And, uh, <laughs> I like I really, that. That sounds good Yeah, to me. I mean, I'm all about it. Like, I love myfitnesspal.com. I was telling you about that, where I track all I eat. Um, and I have this Facebook group where we all post photos of us working out. But anyway, so I really wanted this rice cake. And I said, all right, man, well, you got to clean up the counter. You got to get dinner, start cooking. Then you could have it. And I think I, I just find that delaying gratification, like, I really find more power in myself and more strength or in doing those activities. I feel good. Or even not drinking. I've been trying that out. And, uh, you know, the weekdays when I'm not drinking, like I go out and people are all drinking, adding calories, acting stupid. And then frankly, the next day I don't feel as clear. Um, I feel stronger not doing it. So delaying that gratification so it's more memorable. Like on a Saturday when we want to go out, you know, with a bear costume, you know, it's a really fun experience. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you know, kind of all ties back to um, I don't think my life would be that much different. Mm. So there you and go. I think that's, and that's what I would encourage everyone to do, right? A lot of people go work at corporate jobs so they could do something else. And obviously, you can't go do something else immediately, but start thinking, all right, tonight, right now, this podcast, pause it. All right, what small thing can I do? What 15 minutes can I do to move to the life I actually want to be living? And um, I met my, this guy, Brian, from videofruit.com. He said something really powerful, and it really affected a lot of people this weekend. He was one of uh, the members of our monthly1k.com program. And he's now making, I don't know, 5, 10K a month. And he's like, man, you really want to get ahead? Wake up at 5 a.m. and get to work. No amount of excuses can stop you. He said, he said, fear of failure is still asleep at 5 a.m. Mm. He said, fear is still asleep at 5 a.m. And I just love that. And it's like, you know, if you really want something, like you really want your own business, you really want to get going, and I know you might have kids, I know you have a wife, you may have a shitty job, get up at 5 a.m. and do it. And that's really what's going to separate the people, you know, like, like Brian and others who are going to get what they want versus people who are going to kind of just be always consuming and listening to other people having it. Mm. I love it. 
Well, I know we uh, we went over our time, and I think you're you're late to your gym session already. But I was just enamored by your storytelling, and your voice is so soothing that I just like was oh, loving it. This actually went differently than I expected, but I it actually turned out for me better. And uh, I'm, what do you mean? I'm that's interesting. Well, just uh, we got to talk about life. And I was going to talk to you more about business, but I'm grateful we we talked more about life in business. So I'm 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 very I'm very pleased. And I for me, I feel like this is one of the top episodes I have because of all the unique stories that you shared and I think you have a a wise stance on everything and I'm just grateful to know you and to know what you've been up to in the last few years and the work you've done on yourself and you know, like you said, you've got this you can have ego at sometimes, but you really have a lot of humility. Um, and you check yourself all the time, which I think is valuable and important for everyone to listen to and, and hear about because, you know, we all have ego from time to time and we get to check ourselves and check in and see what's, no ser- what's serving us and what's not. So, uh, final question then, what's your definition of greatness? Wow. Um, what's my definition of greatness? You know, I'll just tell it with another story. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll do a brief story about why what greatness looks like. I think greatness is defined by yourself. And we, when we write up Sumo, when you know at AppSumo.com, we write newsletters and we send out an email promoting products like yours and products like LinkedIn and Mailchimp and other you know cool tools for entrepreneurs. And we spend probably between twenty four and seventy two hours writing one email. Most people spend about five minutes writing an email. Mm. And so I asked Anton, I was like, why the fuck? Do we spend so much time writing this email? And, and I really was thinking about that. I'm like, why do we care so much about this email? And, it, and, I, and then we were talking about it. And we're like, well, it represents us. So when people get that email and they think, wow, that was a great email. Or wow, I can't believe that story that they shared. It represents who we are and how we want to be represented externally. And I think my greatness is defined by like, am I living the life I want to live? And am I doing it my way? And I think that's what everyone should be asking themselves. Like, look at other people. As we talked about, you know, feedback. Look at how other people are doing it. But ultimately, don't let the external things, to, you know, decide how you want to be great. Just look at them for how they're doing it and see internally what does your greatness look like. Mm. And, yeah, make sure to sign up on uh, AppSumo.com because those emails are some of the best emails that I've ever read. Uh, Thanks, bro. Coming from, a, you know, a business marketing standpoint. So definitely check those out. And also check out OKDork.com. You can see... Noah's big smile, pink, <laughs> pink shirt, and a green background, and uh, check him out there as well. And I love your. I'm looking at your Facebook profile right now. Something I love about you: just two things represented on your Facebook profile that other people won't be able to see by the time of this comes out. Is one, your profile picture is turned to the side, so you can't see your. It's not like a normal picture. It's like tilted, which tells me something about you. <laughs> and then your last post that came from Instagram says best fortune ever. And the fortune on um, the fortune cookie says, don't worry about the world coming to an end. It's already tomorrow in Australia. So <laughs> can uh, I, can I add one more thing? Luke? <laughs> sure. Or, or two more things. So, so I don't know how you wrap up normally your things, but um, I'll give you actually the inside. Do you know why my photo is sideways? Besides I thought it was a little different. No. Why? So when I worked at Facebook, I uploaded that photo, right? Because it was very early on, not as many people were on it. I think I'm user number 120359 or some shit like that. And um, once I got fired, I've never changed that profile photo. Really? That's where it came from. 
<laughs> so that it, as much as like, yeah, it's kind of unique. And a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, add me on the face sideways. Um, I don't, I'll never change it. Wow. So, so it was sideways when you were at Facebook as well? Were you sideways when I got there? So I guess I photos from 2006. I think it's my brother's graduation. And um, it's been that way ever since. I guess I, I still look moderately similar. Um, and then the second thing, so that's an inside secret for your people. Not nice. the, <laughs> it's not like a Da Vinci Code secret, but it's pretty decent. <laughs> uh, and the second thing is one of my favorite books. And so I want to I encourage your people to get active with your site. Um, so I wanna, can I give away 10 books to 10 people who comment one of my favorite books recently? Is that cool? Sure. So we, I want your people to say, like, what is the greatest thing or what's something great that they're doing for themselves today? Mm. And then 10 people who comment. Uh, so the book is called Small Giants by Bo Burlingham. I don't know if you've checked that out yet. I haven't. Dude, well, I'm going to send you that. So 11 books. So one for, one for you and then 10 for the people <laughs> okay. who comment. So do something great for yourself today. Tell us what you're going to do or tell us what you did even better. And so Small Giants, man, it's like it's not about necessarily you, you can be a big-ass company like Facebook or you could be a one-person freelance studio in Ohio or in Arkansas. But it's just about doing something great for yourself. And so instead of just trying to be growing and scaling and making more money and being big, which is not bad things. Just be true to yourself and be great. And it goes through companies like Cliff Bar and uh, Danny Meyer's group, the, uh, the, hot, the restaurant group in New York, and just really interesting stories. And yeah, it was definitely like, I definitely felt that book. So I want to share that with your audience. Mm, I love it. All right, so how are you going to choose people? I mean, I'm there. <laughs> how are you going to send? Huh? Good. The first oh, the 10, <laughs> is it the, the 10 most interesting things? Yeah, I think the 10 most interesting. Like okay. I would prefer stuff that people are doing. Like, hey, here's something great I've already done today versus something that they're going to be doing. Um, but I'm open either way. So I'll just choose the 10 most interesting cool. within seven days of when you uh, publish the Post podcast. It. Sweet. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a 10 comment. I'm just writing it down. See, I'm putting in the calendar. Oh. <laughs> when is, when's, the, when's the podcast coming out? I'll add it my calendar. Uh, I'll let you, sometime this month. So I'll, I'll let you know and I'll email you before it comes live. <laughs> All right, but I'm going to go hit the gym. Thank you very much for the time. Thanks so much, No, Appreciate it, man. All right, peace. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Great. Thanks so much for listening. Noah is uh, an awesome guy, a genius, really smart. And I hope you enjoyed this. If you did enjoy it, please leave a comment over on the blog at the show notes at lewishouse.com slash six, six. So go on head over there, leave a comment. I'm going to ask you a question towards the end of the show notes there. So leave a comment based on that question and go ahead and share this with your friends over on Twitter and Facebook and tag a picture on Instagram where you are listening to this in the world right now. I love seeing all of your updates with images on Instagram and uh, go ahead and tag Noah as well on Instagram. You should be able to find him if you search for Noah Kagan. Um, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. Please keep subscribing. Leave a review on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Those really help get the show out there. Again, I mentioned in the beginning, we just hit 1.5 million downloads and it's all because of you. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your support, for spreading the word. And if you have yet to subscribe, just go ahead and click the subscribe button on iTunes, on your podcasting app if you've got an iPhone, or subscribe on Stitcher. And that's just going to support the show even more and get it up in the rankings so that more people can see this. So with that, guys, thanks so much for checking this out today. Again, go ahead and check out lewishouse.com slash 66 to get all the show notes that we talked about in today's interview. And thank you for listening. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools do. But it takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. A great man shows his greatness, said Carlyle, by the way he treats little men. How frustrating is it when you move into a new home and you're excited to settle in and furnish it, but then you're waiting weeks on end, sometimes even a whole month, for your new furniture to finally ship to you? Have you met All Modern? All Modern brings you the best of modern furniture and they deliver it for free in days, not weeks. Yep, that's right. They deliver it in days. Waiting weeks for your order to arrive isn't ideal, especially when you've just moved. Get your sofa ASAP from All Modern and sit comfortably while building out the rest of your space. That's Modern Made Simple. At All Modern, you'll find only the best of modern styles, from Scandi to mid-century and minimalist to maximalists. Every piece is hand-vetted for quality and designed for real life. Shop the best of modern outdoor furniture, timeless decor, and everything in between. Find timeless designs in every style that fold function and fun all in one. From small decor swaps to full room revamps, All Modern has you covered. Shop online at All allmodern.com or visit them in-store in Linfield or Dedham, Massachusetts, or in Austin, Texas. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step. But having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.